0: I never normally go for this, but I'm going to go for a little bit of participation with the with the congregation here. And I just want you to put your hands up if, if you thought any of these things. Okay, so hands up. Who thought, said, tweeted, posted on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, at the beginning or, or end of 2019, 2020? This is my year. Anyone? We had so much hope, didn't we? We had so much hope coming into a new decade, um, into a new sort of. It just felt like something big was coming. Um, Unfortunately, the big that was coming wasn't the big that we wanted. Um, We had so much hope. How long did that hope last? Three months? Liverpool fans, any in here? Yeah? 1920, the football season. We went pretty much the entire season unbeaten. We finally won the title after 30-plus years. And we had this hope that we were going to sort of issuing a new era of Premier League dominance. The following season, everything fell out. Everything just went to pass. We had so much hope. It was all going right, and then it was going down. July 19th, 2021, Freedom Day. Spent about 18 months, or approaching 18 months in lockdown. Um, The country had hope that the the vaccine was going to be like, The the end to lockdown, we were able to go back to completely everything as it was before. How do we feel now? Still as hopeful as we were before? Are we still as comfortable in that? Every film, every novel, every song, every um, story shows a hope that a character, author or singer is longing for. That they've fixed their eyes on and they are going for. Magazines full of stuff about like um, in 21 days you can get this um, this is how you're going to transform your life there's hope but they always end up to be costing a load of money or um, not working out the way that we thought they would life is a struggle all of culture, society and the world are crying out in desperation for a genuine hope if you're new to Liberty this week, um, you find us halfway through um, or close to halfway through um, a series in Romans 8. A Romans, um, a book written by the Apostle Paul, is possibly, outside of the Gospels, the greatest book in the Bible. And what we find now is we're in chapter 8. Um, we spend spend a lot of time in chapter 8 um, of one of the greatest chapters of one of the greatest books in the Bible. And it's all about Hope, and we've been sort of going through this this um, this chapter. And it's just we're seeing, and everyone's been pulling out gems, and, and sort of just being able to realise the um, what it looks like to live a life that is impacted by Jesus and the salvation that He brings. Today we're going to be in Romans eight, verse eighteen to twenty-five. Um, I'll read it through, I'll pray, and then we'll we'll jump in. let's pray father God there is so ma- well, there are so many false hopes out there there are so many times that we we sort of can put our, our faith in something or pursue something only to find out that it was a waste of, of time effort and and just headspace I pray that tonight today you will um, open our eyes to how we approach you how we approach suffering and how we approach hope and um, i just pray that you'll be with us pray that um, my words will be yours and and that if there's anything that i plan to say that you'll just take that away now and um, yeah I just pray that people will leave here today with with hearts and um, enthused for your glory amen cool so yeah paul has just spent time in the beginning of the uh, book of Romans and also then the first part of of chapter 8, telling the Roman church about where their status lies with God. Um, If you are a Christian, you have been led by the Holy Spirit, um, enjoying sonship that they receive, that we receive as heirs of God. Now, sonship isn't this sort of sexist, including women. It was um, Paul using a cultural term for those who had received an inheritance at the time. um, Sons would receive the inheritance um, and have responsibility for taking care of daughters. Um, But it also gave a status to the sons. So what Paul isn't saying here is only males are allowed. Um, or, or welcomed into the family of God, but instead you're saying that if you are a Christian, if you have the Holy Spirit, that you are gifted the inheritance of God, you are gifted relationship with Him, and you are gifted status as a child of the Living God. And that um, if you are in Christ, you are in, you enjoy not being seen as someone with an unpaid debt to Him. <coughs> Not being seen as a slave or a servant, but instead as a son or a daughter of God. Which then gives us the foundation for today's passage. Verses 18 and 19. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Straight away. Straight after Paul had spent time establishing our status as adopted sons and daughters of God, he brings in the re- very real presence of suffering. I know that everyone in this room over the past year, maybe five, has experienced a deep level of suffering. I can see it in people's eyes, I can see it in people's faces. I can see that when we talk about suffering, you guys know what it is you guys know what that particular thing is and pertains to you. It just weighs down on us. This idea that, that, that suffering just isn't right and that it just... There's a feeling in the pit of our stomachs that it's just not good. We live in a broken world. Be it depression, anxiety, suicide, family breakdown... George Floyd Terrorism, London Bridge Borough Market Gang members um, organised crime groups employing children to carry drugs across county lines to to use them as as sex workers 97 people going to a football match in 1989 and being crushed to death Child abuse, poverty, cancer. A woman who is at the peak of her career, travelling down the stairs at Lime Street Station, when someone rushes past, knocks her down, and she falls and breaks bones in her in her leg, causing nerve damage that ends her career and leaves her life unrecognisable from what it was before. Covid. The current global death toll is four point four million. rape, sexual abuse 20 years ago when, when two planes flew into the tw- uh, 12 t- uh, into the Twin Towers a girl walking home named Sarah Everett who was murdered for no other reason than she was there child soldiers, dementia, domestic violence, drug abuse, Boko Haram the 2006 tsunami which killed almost 20- 228,000 people Human trafficking. The Taliban this week undoing democracy. People fleeing their homes to escape death and torture. People from falling from planes in desperation to to escape what is waiting for them. Mothers passing babies over the border so that they can escape and live a better life. The world is broken it's not right and there is something that it, that's in us that screams that that just screams this is not right this is not how it was designed to be if I wasn't standing here I might use a bit of a stronger word and it just feels hopeless this isn't how it's meant to be In the very beginning, God created the world and it was beautiful. It was perfect. Man was in right relationship with God. It was in right relationship with with other other um, man, Adam and Eve. It was in right relationship with creation. But then the serpent came. And the one command that God gave the, the Adam and Eve: don't eat that fruit you can enjoy everything else but just don't eat that fruit the serpent came and he deceived them he tricked them he turned their eyes away from God and to into themselves and with one bite of the fruit the world became broken and God met with Adam and Eve and the serpents and he, he saw them and he saw them in the brokenness And he gave three curses. The first curse he gave to the serpent. I'll read it out to you now. Because you have done this, curse you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Creation broken. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Relationship between man broken. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles It shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Previously, the relationship with God, perfect. Now, because of man's sin, broken. Can you feel the heaviness? Can you feel the just brokenness of the world? It feels hopeless. It feels useless. It feels futile. We were on holiday last week and we met up with some friends um, and we took both we took two kites out. I had my kite and, and the other family had theirs and I was sort of flying mine up quite high and and then the the lady who was flying her, her kite with the little girl I don't let my kids hold the kite. Or if I do, I'm I'm there hooking it because I know Titus will just run away (laughs) and the kite will go flying. But what happened with this kite is, not not because of any sort of naughtiness, not because of any sort of disobedience, not because of any carelessness, the cord which attached the kite to the handle broke and this kite just went. It wasn't particularly windy, but it just went. And the mum scooped up a child and ran after it and she ran with all her heart but she just wasn't going to catch it it went up over the dunes never to be seen again I could tell you right from the very off there was no point chasing that kite it was gone Uh, there was just the speed the height the trajectory just everything about it you saw it and you said why are you running why are you going for it it's hopeless Paul uses the term futility uselessness that sort of act of going after something that is is never going to Give returns. He uses it to describe the world's reaction to suffering. The word here uses the same one that is used in Ecclesiastes. If you were here with us, we did a we did a, um, a series in, in Ecclesiastes where um, we looked um, at, during during the series we looked at the term vanity. It, the the term uses like a wisp like. Like, chasing the air, like trying to grasp sand as it's coming through your, your fingers. It's pointless, it's useless, and it has no end product. It's emptiness is in purpose, and it's emptiness is in result. And it uses the same, the term here for, for futility, just something that is confusing, that is empty, that is um, yeah, empty in, pur- in, in purpose and emptiness in result. Now, before we go on, I've got a bit of confession to make. I am a plastic Scouser. I grew up on the Wirral. Um, the people over here in, in Liverpool just seem so glamorous to me. and um, They seem so um, not me. Um, but like, as I came over and I started to live here, my accent's maybe got a little bit more Scouse. I, I sort of go to other parts of the city and declare that that Liverpool is the greatest city in the world I support the team always have done but there's a a term that we use in in Liverpool um, or they use in Liverpool if you want to be picky Um, plastic scouter or plastic is just a a universal term for anything that is fake that is flimsy that is just not at all going to hold up to any pressure that's what so much of the world's answer to suffering is it's plastic it doesn't hold up to any pressure so the answer to well that's what so much of the world's hope is it's plastic so you you pack a a, a plastic bag from the supermarket you're carrying it and and it goes and you know it's going to split you know it's going to split but you just sort of try and do that sort of waddling race towards the the cars you're trying to get them into the into the the booth, and you know sooner or later. Normally for me, it's as soon as I've left the shop, the black, the plastic bag just splits, and everything just goes out on the floor. It's like that. The suffering that that is present, the brokenness of the world, cannot hold up in plastic bag hope. It's knockoff. But that's so much of what the world's answer is. The self help writing industry next year is estimated to be worth $13.2 billion and it normally says that you can find your hope within you can find your purpose within you can find the the escapes of whatever you don't like in your life within no <laughs> it doesn't work money, family, relationships, sex, health they might satisfy for a time. They might give that sort of um, sticking plastic solution. But at the end of the day, we'll turn around and we'll look back on, on how they've helped us through our sufferings. And it'll be empty in purpose and it'll be empty in result. And God's allowed this to, to happen. God's allowed us to be in suffering. Why? I can't pretend to have all the answers. I'm not going to give all the answers. I might not even be able to give the answer of why there is pain and suffering in the world. But God's purpose through it can be found in, in two words. That's in, in this chapter. Two words in hope. Verse 20 and 21 For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from the bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. God allows us to see the hopelessness of the brokenness of the world and it causes us to groan for something better, to yearn for something better. So that we who are captives to, to sin, to suffering, to brokenness, can be set free, we can be gifted freedom, released from the bondage of a broken world with what? with hope not a plastic hope but a real one something firm that we can grab onto a lifeboat that won't sink a foundation that's not going to falter a lens through which we can look at the world and see the suffering in light of something that we can view the suffering that we have lived through that we are living through and that, the we, and that we will live through a right grasp of hope, a right view of hope, a right hope provides us with the meaning to our suffering in the here and now, in the presence. Where we can see that the wrench of suffering pales in contrast to the glory that is to come. The beginning of this passage talks about um, the glory of God and the hope that we have in that um, far outweighing the, the level of suffering and the pain that we've gone through. That's going to come one day. Do you believe that? Do you? In your current suffering, do you believe that what is to come outweighs the suffering that the world is going through or that you are going through right now? Paul paints the picture of a woman going through the pains of labour. Labor's Painful. <clears throat> It's messy it's damaging but there is something that is building towards, there is something at the end there is a point to the pain, there is a purpose to the pain, the mother suffers the pain of childbirth because they know that when it is over there is going to be joy there is the promise that through our suffering there is something to come that will make our suffering worth it and there is Just as in Genesis 3, Eve's curse of pain in childbirth is promised, but it is partnered with the promise of a saviour crushing the head of a serpent. The curse of pain in the suffering that we are experiencing now acts as the childbirth pangs for a day where suffering will end. Revelation 21. The new heaven and the new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Relationship with creation will be mended. Relationship between man will be mended. Relationship between God will be mended. And things will be better than they were before. The pain and suffering that creation groans through screams towards the need for a saviour. It all points to Jesus. It all points to the day where he will wipe away every tear. The pain from mental health will be gone. The pain from cancer will be gone. The pain from death will be gone. Pain from betrayal, pain from abuse, they will be gone. All those tears will be wiped away. All the pain will be taken away. All mourning will end and all suffering will be finished. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, Tetheletzi, it is finished. It's done. The suffering that we go through now will be finished. Because the work has already been done for it. We are promised that all our suffering will find its meaning. And its meaning is found where? In Jesus. Doing what we couldn't, acting as our substitute, giving us a strong and certain hope that we can put our money on, folks. We can say, that is where I'm banking, that is where I'm saying that I'm going to put my hope in, because it's not plastic. It's firm, it's a good foundation, it's true. It's not going to falter. So, what about now? We know that's coming. We know that day's coming when there's not going to be any sickness, any death, any crying. Or rather, every tear will be wiped. We will be able to cry, but every tear will be comforted. We know that's coming We live after Jesus' death Resurrection and ascension So what happens in the here and now? The in-between between Jesus' death and the cross And his future um, coming back to, um, and, and just opening up the glory We wait With a certain hope Not a fake one, not a plastic one A certain one that one day he will come back and he will put an end to the suffering. Verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we eat, wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the, resi- the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience with patience so in the suffering today how are we to act where do we go when despite knowing the truth about God is, um, about God being victorious over sin and death I know always putting off faith in him but we can still see people dying in Afghanistan we can still see COVID claiming lives where do we go we live life out of hope hope has been given to us and I'd argue or I'd suggest that it's given in three formats hope has been given to us looking back it's been given in us in the here and now and hope is in store for us looking forward has given hope to us so that when the suffering hits we can look back we can see that God is faithful This book is just a catalogue of God being faithful to his people. Being faithful to himself by making promises and sticking to them. By wiping the tears away, by by lifting up people who are suffering. Joseph, wrongly imprisoned for for something that he didn't do. God is there and he rescues them. The Israelites who are um, under a harsh Egyptian rule, he is there and he rescues them. A little bit after that, when they are struggling, when they are starving, when they are complaining in the desert. He is there and he provides for them. Ruth, in the book of Ruth and Naomi, are vulnerable and alone. Without a husband in a a society where that was a dangerous place to be. They are vulnerable and alone and he's there and he provides for them. Outside of this, in the depths of my depression. The depths of when I was at my lowest he was there. He, he comforted me. He rescued me out of that. I'd like you also to think back and reflect on how God has comforted and rescued you through, through past sufferings. How he has been there alongside you and lifted you up and comforted you. He's given hope to us, so that when the suffering hits, we can look back at his hope, at his glory, and have hope. He has his glory in store for us, so that when the suffering comes, we can look forward. Sam Aubrey, who is a, a Christian leader, he's a, a writer. Um, he said he's put this quote out, and he said, "All the all of our best days lie ahead of us, and one day." all of our painful days will lie behind us. Say that again. All of our best days lie ahead of us, and one day all of our painful days will lie behind us. Today, in the here and now, creation groans because of suffering. Today we groan because we see the brokenness of the world. But one day that groaning will transform into rejoicing. One day we will see the reason for all of our suffering. One day there will be no brokenness. Revelation 5.5 weep no more. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has conquered. God is victorious. He is victorious now. And we can look forward to the day. Where where that victory will be realized. We are sons and daughters. Of the victorious God. Have comfort in that. There will be a day where. There is no more suffering. Take comfort in that. And he has placed his spirit in us. So that when the suffering hits, we can have peace now. We can have hope now. If you are a believer, you have status as an adopted son or daughter of God the Father. It's not dependent on anything that we bring to the table. It's not dependent on any talents, any Grace that we have shown coming through suffering in the past? No. It's entirely dependent on the cross being enough. And let me tell you guys, it is. The cross is enough to give us hope in that, in that period of suffering. Whatever your situation, whatever it is, I don't care how broken you think you are, God's love covers it whatever your situation you're cared for and loved by the creator of the universe the creator he made everything and he loves you and he cares for you and he he takes care of you he loves you God loves you I don't know I I could just stand here today and just say that again and again and again God loves you it might not be the most entertaining sermon but it would be the truest In your suffering today, he loves you. He is a comfort today. Hebrews four verse fifth fifteen. Where are we? For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Jesus on the cross went through suffering. He had nails drilled into his hand. He he hung there suffering. He hung there in pain. Why? Because he loves us. And he went through that suffering. Because it was what was needed to cover our death. Why? Because he loves us. And because he went through that suffering, we can can come to him, not as someone who is aloof, not someone who is set apart in terms of um, putting up barriers between us, but we can come to someone who understands pain, who understands suffering. God loves you, His comfort today, run into his arms. When my boys fall over, which they probably will in the car park later, watch where they run to. They run to me or to Beth. When they're in pain, when they're lost, when they're scared, who do they cry out to? Their father. The mother. Have peace. God the creator of everything he died for your sin. Jesus died for your sins guys he went through that suffering and we can run to him he is a comforter run to him in our suffering today have peace because we can run to the guy who understands we can run to God and he will comfort and care and love us deeper than we have ever been loved before All of our creation aches through suffering. So hold fast to hope. Not in false hopes, not in plastic, not in quick fixes, not in mirages. But hold fast to the author of hope. All of creation's suffering shouts out our need for him. Cling to him. Like, Get your fingers and just dig in tight to his promises. To what he did on the cross. Put your faith in that. He is faithful. He is secure. He is victorious. He is glorified and he loves you. Look back, he is faithful. Look forward, he is victorious. And look now, he sustains you and he loves you. Right at the beginning of the passage, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Do you believe that, folks? I'll pray and then we'll have Matthew back up to to lead us in worship. Father God thank you that we can come to you thank you that in our suffering in our brokenness in in the the groanings of the world we can come to you knowing that you are good that you care for us and you love us and that that you give us the, the strong and certain hope that we need to get through the day to come through the suffering that we are in right now. You give us that hope. I pray for anyone in this room who is going through um, suffering, through a hard time, through pain. I pray that you'll be alongside them. I pray that today they will speak to someone if they need to speak to someone. They will pray with someone if they need to pray with someone. But yeah, I just pray that you'll, you'll help them, that you'll be alongside them, just bring them through it that you all give an answer to that pain, that you bring an end to that suffering and that we can we can look forward to the day that there is no mourning, there's no weeping, there's no death, there's no sickness. And I pray that you all just have that as a focus in our minds as we approach suffering. And Lord, I pray that you are remind us of your glory. I pray that you are remind us of everything that you have done for us in the past, that how faithful you have been and that you will point us to the here and now, and say that you are still faithful. Yeah, I just pray that you will you you'll be with those who are who are mourning. You'll be with those who are who are struggling through um, through hard times. And yeah, I just pray that you will you will bless them with your with your presence. That you will bless them with with. Your comforting arms, and that you'll help everyone in this church to, to get alongside them and to point them towards you.